This episode of the Rap IQ Podcast is brought to you by Avery Dennison Automotive Window Films. The way we see our world is often on the move. Avery Dennison Automotive Window Tint Films can buy performance and protection all in one. Even better, the installation couldn't be simpler. Avery Dennison Automotive Window Films have remarkable heat shrink properties for easy applications. These color-stable films won't fade to purple and are developed with an acrylic hard coat that enables scratch-free installation and time-saving maintenance. Your shop can choose from a variety of visible light transmission levels to give vehicles a custom appearance. Avery Dennison Automotive Window Films can improve passenger comfort while protecting vehicle interiors. Harmful UV rays are blocked and distracting glare is reduced, and all Avery Dennison Automotive Window Films come with a lifetime warranty. Grow your business by offering your customers the shades to see their world safely with automotive window tint films from Avery Dennison. To learn more, visit graphics.averydennison.com forward slash AWF. What is up, guys? I'm John Duver, and this is the Rap IQ Podcast. Mr. Matson, how are you today? Oh, very well. How are you today there, JD? You know what? It's been it's been a great day. It's been a great week. Spent the weekend at a at a uh at a baseball tournament with my seven year old son. Yeah. There's some intense some intense parents there. I think I, I was, was one of them, you. but I was I was I had to back it off. My wife told me to 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 slow it down a little bit there. So I had to take a step away. That was the very first thing I was going to ask is about those parents. If they get <laughs> <My> crazy. <wife. laughs> There's a lot. I mean, there. I saw people dragging their kids to the parking lot and yelling at them and shit. Like, oh, it was wow. bad. Yeah. They're, they're eight. Like, they're eight years old, seven years old. Like, come on. But I was pretty intense myself. I, I, I enjoy winning at all costs. I like winning. Yeah, but you're not playing. It's true. Kids are playing. That's true. And I never, I never, well, I did play, I played little league, but wrestling, soccer, football, baseball. And well, they are there the first to tournament. learn good lessons in life. That's they why are. they play. They are, a good lesson in life is learning how to win and lose. That's pretty and important to win and win. So did they? They placed third. Oh. They got the uh, their faces kicked in on the first game. <laughs> it was it was bad. They don't play well in the morning. They just don't. Any morning games, they 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 they're slow starters. But they were good. They did good. Played good. Everyone looked good. It was good. It was their first tournament experience, which was cool. They just, like hung out at the ballpark all day. It was cool. It was fun. Were they uh, were they pressured? Were they stressed going into it? No. A lot of uh, Weston wasn't anyway. Weston was very excited, very motivated. He's very competitive as well. So it's good. I love it. Got a lot of like private lessons going on and coaches and all this stuff. So he wants to uh, put his money where his mouth is. You know, he's been putting in the work. So it's good to see. Well, I can't uh, I can't relate on the actual dad stuff, you know, because I don't have those kids. Mm, but yes, I was that's, doing that's some, a, hey, that's a key factor in this whole dad thing is having the kids is the kids seems important. Yeah, yeah. But I was doing some dad-like activities all weekend. I got myself a new power washer. I was Ooh, having a good old boy. 
<laughs> Here's the pro- you know what the problem with the power washer is is when you're you power washing it. something you don't stop you, yeah. you power wash in your front patio and then you're just like and you like accidentally hit the hit the hit the walkway and you're like oh well okay I'll just do that and then you like going. do the walkway yep. and you go like and you accidentally touch the driveway and you're like oh shit. There were some spots, like some stains on the brick on my house that every picture I've ever seen of this house had that one stain in this spot. This power washer (laughs) ripped it right off in two minutes. I couldn't believe it. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It was very satisfying. You know, when we got on the, uh, when we got on the, 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 the Zencaster today to, to do our show, I said, God, Blake, man, you're working too hard. You're getting old, man. You got a wrinkle. You're getting a wrinkle. Yep. Blake, Blake's young. Blake's like 30 something. I'm 35. Oh, that's kind of old. Yeah. I'm not I'm still young. in my thirties. I'm still in my thirties. I'm good. <laughs> and I said, I said, dude, you're getting a wrinkle. And he's like, where? And I was like, right between your eyes. You got this fucking wrinkle. And he goes, bro, that's a scar. And he started to tell me the story. And I, I heard just enough of the story to cut him <laughs> off and be like, dude, you got to tell the audience this story. So how did how did you get that scar in between your, your eyes there? All right. So this this is basically the, the story of, uh, I think it's safe to say, my dumbest work mistake. The biggest screw up I ever had. That's a bold statement. <laughs> well, as far as physical safety goes. So I was scraping uh, these big frosted windows. It was full coverage and frost. And this is years and years ago. This is like, man, like 2008, I believe. So I, I certainly don't do it like this anymore. But I was scraping all the frost off with that big two-handed scraper. And it's got like that five yeah, or six inch blade. Yeah. razor yeah, yeah, blade yeah. on it. And I was scraping big <laughs> vertical runs up. And the thing slipped out and flew right by my head. And I was like, holy shit, like that would have been bad. <laughs> like that was dumb. And then, then two minutes later, <laughs> I'm keep, keep going, pop. And I nailed myself right in the face, right between the eyeballs. Like it was a, a gruesome scene in a very nice office building. <laughs> <laughs> Were you bleeding? Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. And your face bleeds a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. Uh, it just popped me right on the bridge between my eyes and just started leaking. And I was, I'm like pooling up my, or cupping my hands, you know, trying to catch all this blood as it's running down my face. And I stumbled my way to the bathroom (laughs) and on my way there, this office lady's like walking down the hallway. And she like looks over and sees me in just like instant horror. (laughs) She's like, Oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) I was like, not really. Well, what had happened was <laughs> at this point, like I'm just my face is just covered in blood, my hands covered. It was it was bad. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. But, I've, I've cut myself a lot, never in my face. Never nope. in my face. And you don't want to. No. Oh, oh. But there's more fun to it, you see, because after that, my boss took me into the emergency room and then I had cool stitches right between my eyebrows. So it basically completed the line between my two eyebrows and I had this massive unibrow that was like Mm. eyebrow stitches, eyebrow. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) (laughs) So be careful when you're using that razor scraper or really anything, just think about what could happen if you slip, if you trip and fall, put your eye out. I was very close. I'm super thankful. I didn't. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Speaking of like, eye injuries, I was riding a four wheeler this 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 fall, 
and I was like running my kid up to the house to do something. And I had a stick. I told the story. A stick poke me in the eyeball, like a stick enter my eyeball. I was scared to death that I was going to lose my vision. I did lose my vision for like a minute or two. Yeah. Stuff in your eye is the worst because it's like you can't open it, but you can't really close it. All you can do is sit there and try and blink. Oh, it's horrible. 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 What are we talking about today, Mr. Mr. Balake? What are we talking about today? I figured, you know, since we've, I mean, barely brushed on it before, we would talk about the process. Ooh, because we've barely brushed on it, you know, because we never talk about how important processes are. We never talk about how important establishing processes and holding people accountable to the process and making sure that you have process set up in your business. So l- l- we should do that. We should talk so, about that. And this is why I want to talk about the process because we cover all all those ends of it. Let's rewind it right back to the very beginning. Like, what exactly is the process? And I I want to break that down today and just go over everything of like exactly what it is we're even talking about here and what we need to be thinking about to build the process. All right, shoot. Let's go. Shoot. <laughs> the whole thing is as far as what is the process to me. The process is just the plan. What are we going to do in any given situation when it comes up? So any the fact that situation. we've put in that thought and the work ahead of time before the situation arises. That's the process. And this applies to everything in the business. Exactly. So to get a job from client initial interaction to writing a thank you note. Everything from start to finish would be the process from start to finish. But then there's you do individual it. little steps every single part of the way from a word track and how you answer the phone to how a work order is is put in and what information needs to be on a work order to how you print and load the printer. Everything. I mean, every single possible step along the way. That is what you're talking about, correct? Everything. Yep. So we talk about every step of the way. Well, all we're doing is thinking about it ahead of time and figuring out how we want to handle it. So if you if you start at the very beginning, like you said here, with the client interaction, that's kind of like step one, right? Somebody calls. We're talking. Let's figure out what exactly we say when we answer the phone, right? Let's talk about that. Client calls in. Client calls in. It can be. Client calls in, you have a word track. Good morning, Vinyl Images. This is John. How can I help you? Hi, this is Balake, and I want to talk to someone about a uh, color change. No, Chrome Delete. Awesome. Can you? Uh, oh, Chrome Delete. Sorry. That's what I want. Chrome... Yeah. Oh, Balake wants a Chrome Delete. <laughs> the process of answering the phone isn't just the word track. The process is what buttons to push to transfer the call. What, what Every single step of the, everything, every single thing you can imagine has to be covered and recorded in your process development, everything. Uh Because if there's one thing that you don't, that you leave out, you can't hold anyone accountable to it. If if you don't have a word track for the person that answers the phone, or you don't have a how-to of how to transfer calls to the sales department, or you don't have a how-to of how to transfer calls to a, 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 of, of the voicemail for, or whatever, then you're, you're missing out on something. Like you're missing out on something and then you're just going to get annoyed and you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this person didn't, you know, take this message correctly. Well, if you don't have a process set up for that, then you're shit out of luck. 
Right. And if you don't have a process for it, all that means is you haven't thought it out and created whatever the rule or the guideline, whatever the procedure is that everyone wants or is going to have to uh, to use. And most of it's it's like consistency. You know, we want to do it the same way every time. We want to figure out what the best way is to do it and then do that every time. And we want everyone to be in sync with each other. So like um, the clients, when you talk to them, right? How long do people have before they're there to get back to a client? You know, how long do we wait before contacting them again from the last time we talked? The cadence, to them? yeah. You know, um, how do how we long? like what what channel do we use as a company to communicate? Do we do everything through email? Do we do phone calls and emails? Do we do social media? You know, all this stuff needs to be figured out and laid out ahead of time. I think one of the biggest things when I was developing processes and continue to develop processes, something comes in, there's a new piece of machinery, there's a new salesperson, there's a new production person, whatever it may be, how to teach them how to get from point A to point B in each individual little thing is someone told me, I forgot who it was that told me, maybe it was Chris Ulmer. Um, <clears throat> he said, you have to, or maybe it was Brent Not. It was, he said, you have to develop your processes so that way you could explain it to a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and as a business owner and as someone that does, I train people inside my organization on certain things that can be, that can be rather annoying if I'm being honest. Like you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I have to dumb this down that far. Well, you have to understand that like these people may not have any idea of what they're doing, nothing. So what you take for granted, the things that, you know, everybody, everybody else has people that have been, you know, doing whatever they're a plumber for 50 years, like they've forgotten more than I know. Well, it's the things that those people take for granted. And I learned this when I was beginning to work for Avery doing, doing their rap training is that some of the things that I was, that I was doing subconsciously and I wasn't explaining my students would call me out and say, whoa, 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 like, like, you know, for cutting, for instance, like I would always drag, I drag my pinky. Like I, I, if I have my knife in my hand, I always have my pinky down or I'm dragging a knuckle or my elbow or something like I'm never freehanding with just the knife touching the, the car. And that was one of the first times I realized that I was called out and I was like, I was like, holy shit. And, but my point in saying that is, is that opened my eyes to the fact that I do a lot of things subconsciously that I don't even realize I'm doing. So if you are a you know, quote unquote expert at what you're doing and you're trying to scale your business and build these processes in order to, uh, to educate your, your, your staff, you literally have to, the, the things that you consider dumb, the things that you might consider redundant or, Oh, no one, they, they have to know this already. Like, which is obvious, they will, right? It's Every, obvious. Would do it this yes. Way. Of course. yes. That's my point. You have to record that stuff. Like you have to, I mean, the most redundant, dumb, they have to know this point has to be written into your process. And if it's not, you're, 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 you're going to be very frustrated because you'd be surprised. You know, there's an old saying, common sense is not common. Yeah. It's really not, it's never been truer than, than nowadays. Um, and that's just a fact. And I, and I've learned that. I mean, even the, even the smartest people in the world, I, something I take for granted, how to, how to change a tire. Okay. I, I just, I just had this happen to me. I, uh, had a flat tire on the E46. Uh, I had to put a plug in it. 
I called the I told, called the tow company and I was going to have them come and pick me up. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. Like, I'll just call my neighbor. I'll have him bring me a, a jack and, and, and some tools and a, and a plug kit. And I'll just plug this real quick and I'll, I'll nurse it home. I'll just limp it home. I ended up pulling over into this guy's driveway and the guy like watched me take the tire off. And this is a guy that I respect, right? This is a this is a person that is a very, 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 very successful businessman. And like, I just take it for granted that every single person knows how to plug a tire, right? It's just like, how do you not know how to plug a tire? Like, how do you not know how to plug a tire? You know? And, and I just take it for granted that he did, everybody knows that. And like, as I was doing it, he was like, yo, yo, like explain this to me, explain this. I've never seen this before. And it's like shocking to me what I think because of my upbringing, because of how I was raised, yep. I have certain things that I take for granted that everybody knows. Everybody knows how to clean a shotgun. Everybody knows how to, you know, to gut a deer. Everybody like, cause that's how I was raised, right? People don't. People don't understand that the trash can is put in the corner a certain way. People don't understand that the bin liners are put in a certain way and they're hooked. So that way the bin liner doesn't fall in. We put trash in the fucking trash bin. The things that you take for granted are the things that need to be recorded the most. That's that stuff. Those two at the end there. What what seems to be like what a new person would think is just trivial. Like you said, the the trash bag in the can, you know, or where the can is placed. Like this is what yeah. we're talking about with the process right here. Let's think about where is the best place to put the trash can? How is the best way to attach the bag and to tie it off? You know, like this is the root of it right here is like every little thing. Let's look at everything we're doing and how, figure how out how do we to make it more efficient. I'm just thinking out loud here. How many times do you get frustrated with people as you're as you're training them and you're just like, I can't believe this person doesn't know this. Or it's like, oh, my gosh, I, I you know, I, I have to I have to explain this simple thing to this person in order to make them do it correctly. Yeah, you do. Yep. The install is a great example, though, because I've learned the exact same thing. There's so many things that we do instinctually that we don't even realize until someone points it out or we're forced to sit and think about like in a training situation. You need to think about every little thing you're doing and then translate it to someone else. And I, th- I the, think people the install, think there's a million it? things with install I- like that. Oh, dude, I agree with you. I think that's one of the, any of the skilled trades, anything, whether it's PPF or whether it's, you know, polishing a car or ceramic coating or, or window tanner or wrapping or whatever, or, or using this squeegee versus this squeegee or whatever. I mean, there's so much in the skilled trade side, but there's so much that you know. But how many times you've been training someone up and you just take the fact that they don't have that quote unquote common sense aspect that you, you've already like, I can't believe you don't know this. How many times have you taken that for ignorance and then gotten mad or like given up on that person when in fact they just needed the right direction? And I think that I personally, I have a lot, like a lot because I'm very impatient. I I have a very difficult time, not necessarily when I'm training others outside of my organization, but when I am training people in my organization, I find myself to be very, very, very less patient Mm -hmm. um, because time's money and I'm, you know, I'm investing time and money into this person. And I just like, what do you like, what do you mean? you don't know how to put the trash bin in the trash liner, right? Or trash liner in the trash bin. Like, like how is that even humanly possible? But at the end of the day, they weren't raised like you. They, they, they don't have an upbringing like you. They, they don't have the same life experience. They don't have the same life goals. They don't have any of that stuff. And for, for, for us as leaders, as people that are managers or business owners that are training the people that could potentially be taking over your business someday, you got to have a little bit of fucking grace you got to have a little bit of grace for those people and you got to understand that they may not know. They may not have had a, a you know a figure in their life 
be it mother or father figure, to teach them those things, to teach them common sense. You know, we talked about it last time about shaking hands and looking people in the eye. Like yeah. if there's someone in my organization that doesn't have a good handshake and doesn't look at me in the eye, like I, 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 I train them, I teach them that because that is a life lesson that you must know, in my opinion. But it's, it's, you, you, you never know how someone was brought up. You never know what their background is, no matter what they say during their, <laughs> during their interview or on their resume, you never know. And, and I think that that common sense aspect is, is often looked at as ignorance or looked at as this person is, is, is not intelligent or this person, I can't believe, you know, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just different perspectives, you know? And that's the thing. That's why we do the process here because there is so many different ways to do fucking anything, you know? So if, if we look it over and we figure out what works best for us and make it known to everyone and everyone agrees, like that's what it's about. The install example is, is beautiful. Like the training side of it, but how about just quality standards? You know, what's your company's process for that? What's acceptable there and what's not? You know, we're talking uh, overlap sizes. What do we do here? What is our standard overlap? What is our standard bleed that we do? You know, are relief cuts like this acceptable? What does the company do as far as window channels? Right. How about and like install is easy because that's what we all like and we all think about. How about all the boring stuff? with the vehicles, right? How do you receive vehicles? How do you store vehicles? How do you let's store keys? About, How do you organize about, the keys? Like, let's, Dude, let's talk about that real quick. How do you accept a vehicle into your possession? That's another fine example of something that can literally bite you in the ass and, and, and cost you a ton of money, ton of time, ton of, ton of, ton of, a lot of problems if you don't do it correctly, right? Yep. So, you don't just like client comes in, they throw their, they throw your key, they, their keys over the counter. You grab and you're like, all right, thanks. Thanks, Blake. We'll see you later. That If that's how you're doing things, you're going to get in trouble. I don't care if it's someone dropping off to have their windows tinted, their front windows tinted. They're going to be there for an hour. It doesn't matter. Oh, I don't have time to, to, to walk around the vehicle and check it in. Like, okay, well then you're going to pay for someone's curbed rim. You're going to pay for someone's door ding door. You're going to pay for someone's scratch on their mirror because they're going to say that you open their their car door into the wall or whatever it may be. If you don't do these things and check it in correctly, you are asking for trouble. And I hear it all the time, all the time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Like, what what is your time worth? Because if you have to pay for someone's new paint job or you have to pay for a, a magnesium rim on an exotic car... Because you have no proof that you didn't, you didn't take before pictures or anything like that. And you have no proof that you didn't curb that vehicle. You have no leg to stand on. It's a cover your ass moment. Yep. And, and I think that people need to really understand, you know, we did a show. It's, it's never too early to, to, to be professional. And even if you are a one man, one person shop or, or, you know, you have one or two people on your team, you still need to establish this process and you still need to be the most professional person around. I think have especially to. if you're a one man shop or well, you have, you have more to prove because your shop may not speak for you. You know, you're, you're the size of your crew may not speak for you. So what you have is what you have to work with and it better be top notch. And that goes well, with your I, processes too. I, I'm just a firm believer in that we, we build the process that's going you know, uh, we're, we're building the company now for what it's going to be then. Right. I'm not waiting until, 
I'm huge to start developing all these processes that I'm going to need when I'm huge. No, no, no. I developed the system for a huge company now and I can grow right into it. I'm already set up. There's no, uh, it's not these, uh, these pain points every time we get a little bit bigger because we've already thought this shit through. We have a process. That is one of those things that people don't play the long game. We say this all the time. People don't play the long game enough. You know, they think, oh, I'll have five people at some point. And, you know, at that time, I'll, I'll get this figured out. Well, you, let me tell you something. If you're by yourself right now and you want to grow into three or four or five people, your workload is going to get three or four or five times as large. And your time is going to be three or four times as lean. And you do not have and will not have the time to develop these processes at that time. They don't have to be bulletproof and refined perfectly. They don't, but they have to be started and they have to be implemented. They have to be, you have to hold people accountable. And it's like a lot of the times you see people hire their first person and then they start establishing these processes and developing these processes because they realize these people, honestly, common sense isn't common and they don't really know how to do anything. So they start establishing and recording these processes and then that person and their first team member get buddy buddy and then they don't they you know they start to they start to fade the accountability kind of goes away um and and oh it's it's fine the work's getting done the work's getting done then they bring in another person and then it's an absolute shit show it just turns really bad really really fast you have to understand that what you i wish someone would have sat me down and you know to be honest with you they may have and i just ignored it and said you have to do this because as you scale, it's going to cost you a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of, it's going to cost a lot of your life <laughs> really to, to, to get this established and, and the headaches that you're going to go through. If you don't get this established and do exactly what I tell you to do, it's going to be a big problem. I really wish someone would have sat me down and told me that um, because knowing what I know now, hindsight's always twenty twenty. knowing what I know now, I would have, I would probably be retired by now and I'm not even remotely, remotely exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Super think, important, man. Um, for anyone that's working on the process, you know, I, it's a never-ending thing if you ask me. But if you're just starting it, that last example you just gave right there is like thousands of dollars worth of good advice in the pre-vehicle inspection. If that's not part of your process to check in the vehicle and do the inspection with the client, implement that now, like today, because that is huge. So many people don't do it, and it is super-duper important. One thing that I will say about that in particular, we established what company, what, what business model has the best vehicle inspection, in your opinion? What business model? Yeah, like what industry has the best the best vehicle inspection i don't know rental cars oh sure rental cars yep so when you're establishing a process why would you reinvent the wheel why would you reinvent the wheel you won't you you don't as you become a smarter business owner as you become a a smarter leader you understand that Everything that you need is already out there. You just have to tweak it slightly for your own industry. So what I would do if I don't have a uh, you know a vehicle check-in or checkout process, I would go rent a car. It's like 30 bucks a day. 
And when they hand you that little piece of paper that says, are there any ding scratches, et cetera, take a picture of it. Okay. Take a picture of it and then recreate that as an editable PDF, an editable PDF. So you can put it on your Trello cards or whatever. And then you, you, you literally go rent the car for 50 bucks or whatever it is. And you take notes of exactly how they check in and check out exactly from, I mean, notice every little detail of the questions they ask everything from top to bottom. Cause those people cover their ass better than anybody. So if I was, if I was starting from scratch right now, I, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do personally. I think there's a lot to be learned from industries that have nothing to do with what we do. Like you said in this one, like they have that part that we're trying to figure out just nailed. Like they are pros at that. So it's smart to, to branch out. The, uh, the other big category that I wanted to throw out here was money, right? A lot of the issues that we talk about, I think revolve around money. So developing your process with regards to money is probably one of the most important things everyone needs to figure out, right? So how do we, how do we bill people out? How do we receive the money? How do we invoice it? How do we track it? Right. This is where deposits come in. We talk about taking deposits all the time. What is your process for taking deposits for starting a job? What do we need? in order to start the job. Because in our company, one of those things is a deposit. We can't do anything until somebody has put some money down. Couldn't agree with you more. Could not That's agree our with process, you more. our rule. I think one of the things that people don't do well when it comes to the money aspect is their accounts receivable. I don't think that people uh, follow up enough. I don't think that people have a well-established process for this where it's every single, like an, dude, our office, every single Mondays I get an AP report or I'm sorry, an AR report. And I, I, I look and there's, we have a con, we have a conversation. We figure out exactly what's going on with each client and why they haven't paid or what, what, what's, what, what's expected to come in, yada, yada, yada. But there are, there, I'm sure there are people out there that have I used to be controlled by my, my my accounts receivable. I was completely controlled by it. Like I couldn't pay my rent, but I had six figures in accounts receivable. Yep. You know what I mean? And and they, until we established an accounts receivable process of we're going to follow up on these days, this many days after the invoice is paid. If someone goes over this time, we're going to put them in collections no matter what. Um, we you know like for us. We send them an invoice before they come pick their vehicle up. When they arrive, we give them a paper invoice, and they know with their client expectations packet that they're going, they're doing receipt. Or if it's one of our larger clients, they obviously have terms of 15, 30, 45 or 60 days. Uh, very rarely does it ever go above that. I couldn't even tell you one client that I have that's above that. But with that being said, you have to establish those things. Um, you have to draw the line somewhere and you got to make sure that people know exactly what to expect when they're working with you. Cause if you don't, you're, you're, you 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 will be controlled by your account receivable, and that's not a good feeling. I've been there; it sucks. Yeah, we and part of this goes back to what we've talked about in the past with kind of this the the big guy and the little fry type of scenario. Because I, I definitely relate with that small guy, and and uh, you a, a lot of times you just get used to to waiting. I guess you know, no time like the present to be professional. Yep, agreed. 
There's just no time like the present. You know, when you were talking before you started talking about the money aspect, I went on Google um, and I typed in vehicle checkout process. Okay. Because people don't know where to start. And dude, I get it. I'm empathetic with that. I, I, I understand that. I'll give you some grace for that. The most powerful tool in the land is that little telephone in your pocket that's not a fucking telephone. It's the a whole computer, universe, bro. Right? The most powerful resource humankind has ever had is in your pocket. Right there. <laughs> so Any it's like question you go you on vehicle checkout process. And I'm looking, I clicked on the first couple links and I'm just like, dude, like these are badass. I mean, there's so much on here and you could, you could literally take, you know, let's say you open up one of these articles and there's 20 things. Well, take the top three that you like, and then you open up the next article and there's four things. Well, take one of those that you like, and then you make it yours. And just because you get the process established, a lot of the times when you establish processes in my uh, experience, in my opinion, is you overdo it. You put too many steps in there. You put too much CYA in there. And then and then you need to back it down a little bit. And I think that that's very, should be very understood that when people are establishing their process in the beginning of this, that you should go a little deeper. And if you realize you didn't go deep enough, add. But if you realize you went too deep and it's taking too much time or it's redundant or there's one question that never gets answered, we'll pull it off the form. It's ever evolving. Ever evolving. I've definitely found that it's much easier for me to not have enough than too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you got to do something about it. You know, you have to do something about it. You know, one thing about our organization is there's there's a lot of people. So if we change a process, it affects a lot of people. It, it, it just does. You know, in a smaller organization, those changes can be implemented way faster. And I think people don't 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 think about that. They don't they don't take that. I think they take it for granted. Oh, I'm a small crew. You know, I don't want to I don't want to make Jimmy mad. He's he's one of my only guys. You know, I, I don't want to change. I don't want to make his job harder. Well, at the end of the day. A process is, is a process is set and established not to create anger or resentment or anything like that. A process is established and created to cover the, the to cover the business the business's ass to make sure that the business doesn't lose. Your job as a business owner and a leader is to mitigate risk. You need to mitigate risk by established processes like like the, the check in check out process. You're taking before pictures of all four sides and the roof if you need to. You're taking after pictures of the vehicle being completed. And that way, when the client calls you back two, three, four days from now, and they said, oh my God, there's a there's a door ding on my passenger front side, blah, 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 blah. You can look at the pictures and you can say, sir, I'm sorry, that was not there or that was there when we arrived. And you can cover your ass. Processes are not established to make your life harder. Processes are established to cover the ass of the business and to ensure the business is mitigating as, as much risk as possible to, to make sure that the business is winning. And businesses win by winning financially. The business wins financially. You guys mitigate enough risk. The business can win financially. Everybody in the, in the organization wins. Everybody. Because yeah. at the end of the day, profit margins, profit, and money is what makes the world go around. And if a business is not being profitable... They're not going to win. They're not well, I was win. trying to present it as like, yeah, I know this stuff keeps changing or this we've already, you know, we did it this way before and now we're making a change here. The whole thing is to make everyone's job easier and to make the whole thing flow smoother 
and it makes the company more profitable and in turn lifts us all up. I agree. I like Unless you work for somebody risk. that's greedy and then it doesn't <laughs> and yeah. lifts them up. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think, I think it's a good point. I think it's a very good point. And I think that people need to understand that they have to start somewhere. And a lot of times I think one of the biggest things that I see and that you see as well. And we, we hear, you have to understand like, as I scroll through social media and I see posts and I see the same people posting the same bullshit and nothing has changed for two years, for five years, for seven years, for eight years, it's, it is just unbelievable that they just don't change. They don't see, well, like the playbook, we're, we're literally giving you the playbook. Like you have to do this in order to be successful. Like you have to establish processes in order to be successful. And yet two, three, four years down the road, you're still not gonna, you're still not gonna do anything. Like that's your own fucking fault. You need to take a good hard look in the mirror and realize that it's not, you know, everybody else, that it's actually you and you need to, you need to make some serious changes. But I just wish I would have listened to the people that told me that years ago. Mm -hmm. I really do. Cause I, I would be in a much different, much different place. I mean, I'm in a great spot, but I would be in a much different spot. Um, I think I would have a lot better. I think I would have more higher up people inside my business on my leadership team. And I would be less out of the day to day. I'm getting more and more out of the day to day, but the, I think it would be a lot better off. <laughs> I really do. Because if you're, if you have these promises, the process is established. You can hold the people inside your organization accountable for that process. If something doesn't get checked incorrectly and someone comes back and says you ruined something and you don't have any before pictures to prove that you didn't, like you have to have leadership and managers in place to 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 hold those people accountable that are doing the check-in process. You know what I'm saying? And if you are, you're mitigating the risk. And that's yep. what it comes down to. Risk mitigation. Mit risk mitigation. I, I see the whole thing as figure out if you're starting from scratch here just look at like the ideal scenario how do you want a job to go through the company and just map that out step by step what exactly do you want to happen and then once that's ironed out you got that sort of figured out then you need to try and figure out okay now what happens when things don't go the way i want them to do right it gets halfway through that process and then boom something out of left field and it can't go the way i want it to that's where the fun, the fun tweaks and adaptations are are happening for us now. Because I, I know how I want it to go, but now we learn by you know real life experience, and it doesn't always happen the way you want it to. Yeah, and it's time to adapt. I agree. I absolutely agree. Another one on processes. Do we well, do we say process every show? I hope so. I think because it's it's so so important. It's it's the it's your entire business is based on processes, and if you don't have them, you're screwed. Well, and Period. what's what is the business even then, if you don't have a process? It's not a business. What, it's a high paying job, right? What does a business do then? Everyone's just kind of ooh, free floating and roaming around and going off from instinct. Yeah, <laughs> I've look and the, the whole thing with actually building out the process and writing it down and actually putting in the work now. I've been at this, you know, for a year or two, but it's actually like really fun and gratifying. It's I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of putting in the mental work of figuring some of this shit out. 
instead of that, yeah. dealing with it when it comes, you know? A lot of the gratification comes from the fact that you're not going to have to do it again. Yeah, for sure. You know? And that, that gets taxed. You, you do it so thoroughly. You do it so thoroughly, and it's so solid from start to finish that you know you don't have to do it again. You'll have to tweak it a little bit, but it's not. The, 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 the monster of the project is completed. Then you're just doing kind of tweaks, little haircuts here and there. Well, that's a great point, too. Just think about it like from a selfish standpoint. Do you want to explain every single one of these things to every new person that comes in? Right. No. (laughs) Me either. All right. You got any voicemails? Didn't you say you didn't see a good voicemail? I believe we do have a voicemail here. We appreciate you guys calling into the voicemail hotline. The Rap IQ Podcast hotline is 314-596-2676. We love having your questions. We've gotten a bunch of them. It's actually turned on. It's been it's been pretty damn cool. Um, but what we want you guys to do is call in, ask a question. If we don't, if we if if you can't find the topic covered in the last 62, uh, 62 episodes or sixty whatever episodes, call in, leave us a message, uh, and ask us, and we'll we'll answer it live on the air. Um, it's 314-596-2676. You can call in, leave a voicemail. If you'd rather your voice not be on there, that's totally fine. You can text it as well. It's 314-596-2676. All right. Let's listen to a voicemail. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, this is Randy Talee, All-Star Customs in Woodward, Oklahoma. Um, I guess uh, in the rap world, Charlie's probably another Oklahoma boy that um, I look up to a lot, but my main question is how important do you guys feel the actual physical location of your shop is? Um, I've been in business out here and it's kind of the fucking no man's land panhandle. Um, we got like 12,000 population, maybe 10,000. And, um, you know, we thrive when it's warmer and stuff, but it's a real struggle during the winter time. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm talking paycheck to paycheck, like we're waiting for the next payment to come in. And so I just always toy around with the idea of am I in the right spot? I feel like I could do a shitload better in a bigger city as much as I hate bigger cities, but I'm not in a position to really move uh, due to like uh, set kids and, you know, that can only be so far away. So I'm kind of stuck here, but I'm just going to get you guys' opinion on, on what you thought, how how important your actual physical location was and what ideas you have as far as to expand. And, you know, I love traveling. I don't mind going places and doing stuff. We, we drive down, you know, we'll go three hours away for installs. We've been as far as seven hours away, but let me know what you guys think. Looking forward to it. See ya. That was a good I, question. I got physical a lot location. Just slamming down thoughts as he says, he's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's asking. Well, you got a lot to... more than I here. Let her rip. What was his? What was his name? I know it was from uh, All Star Customs in Oklahoma. And he mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Charlie. What was his first name or name? Let's find out. Please hold. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Uh, this is Randy Talee, All Star Randy. Customs. Randy, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Um, so I think that uh, there's multiple different things to to talk about. I'll just kind of run down my thought process right now. So my business right now, we are hyper-focused on the fleet graphics world, right? None of my clients ever have even come to my building. They've never been in my facility. One of my clients, our biggest client has been to our facility because they were kind of checking us out. I should say, I shouldn't say none of my clients, none of my big clients, but... Um, 
I could be in the middle of nowhere and it doesn't matter. I could be in a cave and it wouldn't matter because what they care about is what leaves, you know, their, their graphics on their vehicles in California or Oklahoma or Minnesota or wherever it is. They don't care what my facility looks like. It could be out of my basement. As long as it's, as long as the work's getting done, it doesn't matter where I'm at because I'm going for that nationwide clientele. But at the, you know, a good example of that is Dan Antonelli doing kick charge. He built a new building in the middle of a cornfield in the middle of the country, right? But all of his stuff is designed. It's all web-based. It's all computer-based. He doesn't need to have some beautiful building. Granted, it is a badass, beautiful building with amazing branding, but he doesn't need it. All of his stuff is, is uh, I shouldn't, I don't know his business. I'm, I'm saying he doesn't, he may not need it because of the fact that everything is, is web-based for him. Well, it he could he be web-based for them. He doesn't need it to be successful. Yes. He's shown that. Yes. I think that living in a small town, I have one of my, one of my, one of my coaching clients that's, uh, that lives in a small town. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's probably one of the biggest struggles that we face, uh, him and I face together is the fact that he has a limited population in this small town USA. And, um, and it limits his, it limits his growth. It limits the, where his business can go. It limits the amount of clients you have. It limits what you can offer. It limits how soon you can get materials. Everything about being in a small town is a very big challenge for our industry. Uh, specifically small town wise, like you're dealing with like I, signs really like signs are very, very well known and, and wraps are not. And, and, and it's, it's one of those things where small town will kill you. It will kill you. But if you do it right and you make the right offerings and you offer every single thing you can possibly offer. So you're kind of that quote unquote one-stop shop. You can be very successful. And there are a lot of big businesses that are based in small towns, but you just have to get in for those companies and you have to do a good job for them because you'll probably get one shot at them. And if you don't do a good job for them at that one shot, you're going to be in big trouble. Okay. let's. Uh, that's your small town, your way out, right? Let's zoom in a little bit further. What if you're in a metro area? What do you think there? How how much does it matter there? If if you're in a, a highly populated metropolitan area, do you think if you're just somewhere in the metro, you'll be okay if you're easily accessible? Or do you think you want to be kind of smack dab in the middle so everyone, it's easy to get to you? I think accessibility is is important, without a doubt. You can't, I mean, when you're in, so going from small town to metro, right? Going from small town to St. Louis, whatever. You cannot deny the fact that highway exposure or being on a very, very, very busy road that 30,000 cars a day drive by is not going to be beneficial in some way. It's impossible to deny that. You, it's, it, you can't deny it. I mean, it's fact. So does that help? Yes, but I think that comes back down to population. I think it comes back down to, to, to metro size. And, and you got to deal you got to play the hand that was dealt that was dealt to you. So if you are from small town USA and you feel like you're, you're, you know, you have the desire and the need and the want to grow your business, move, move, <laughs> you know, but if you, if you could keep your, your one location there in small town USA and you can branch out and have another location somewhere else in a more populated area, then do that. But, to answer your question, I, I'm not sure if I did answer that question, your question, Blake, but yes, I, I think being in being, you know, location, 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 like there's a reason that that's like a well-known saying is because it is extremely important. There's, there's no doubt about it. That's why 
you know, you have beautiful signage on your on your building is to capture and garner people's attention and get an impression for what your business is. If they're in a highly populated area, there's more eyeballs getting those impressions. If you're in a smaller town, you just have simply less eyeballs getting those impressions. So I think that maybe each impression needs to be maybe more important being in a small area, but at the same time, you're limited. You're limited to your, the, the population will limit you, period. Your exposure will limit you. There's no denying that location, location, location is is, is violently important. No denying it. It's impossible. To, it, it's 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 undeniable. Undeniable. Agreed. <laughs> that's a good question, though. I that do was like a that. Good question. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a good example of one that we have not covered. <laughs> well, that's something that we all have to think about too when we're moving into a shop space or looking at new spots. Sure. It's like, that's the biggest question. Where should this thing be? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it is location, location, location. It's very important. I love very it. important. All right. Got any final thoughts, sir? Final thought. My only final thought is start working on your process or continue working on your process. If you that's were it. to, if you were to not have a single process set up, where would you start? What is your personal opinion? I would look at what a typical day is for me or for my business and start there, right? That's like, what's, what's our normal workflow look like and how do I want it to happen? You know, what are we already doing? We can, we can think about where we want to be in the future. That's important too, but let's just start with right now. Where are we at right now? What's the work we have coming up? What do we do? How do we want to handle it? How do we want it to go through? You know, my personal thought is how do you answer the phone? Where does the first touch of client interaction start? Start there. Step one. Sounds like a good place to start. That's just my personal opinion. I think that you look through like, like take a job, a typical job, as you said, that works through your business. Where does it start? Starts with an email or a phone call or a text or something. So how do you respond to that email, call, phone? How do you answer the phone? How do you respond to the email? How do you respond to the text? Okay. What's the word track for those? I would start right there. Mm-hmm. Then you make a work order. Okay. So what work, what is, what's on the work order? Why is it on the work order? Do you have separate, we used to have separate work orders for every single type of job. Separate work order for a van, a truck, a boat, a car, a, tr- uh, uh, a sign, everything. Everything. I've, I've gone through every single process change you could possibly imagine. But the fact of the matter is, is as you start to establish these processes, you realize that you want to be lean and mean. What needs to be on there? What doesn't need to be on there? And it's ever evolving. This That's I where learned. I would start. It never ends. That's what I would start. All right, guys. We appreciate the hell out of you. We got wraps kind of coming up in two weeks. To less than two weeks. It's mid next week the end of next week oh shit yeah it's like a week and a half it's crazy oh my gosh well we'll be broadcasting live from rapscon it's pretty awesome we're gonna have uh was it june 3rd we're gonna be broadcasting live from rapscons they they have like a a theater area set up a continued education area set up and blake and i'll be broadcasting live there from 10 to noon on june 3rd friday june 3rd so if you're in the area please stop by we're looking to uh, have a couple guests on as well um if you want to be on the show, let us know, and yeah. uh, we'll 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 bring you on. We uh, we always want to give as much uh, give as much love as we possibly can because you guys 
it's it's amazing to me how much support this 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 show's been getting, and it seems like every time I, I host a class or every time I go to a trade show or something, I'm just like, "Fuck, dude! Like we're doing we're doing something right." It's <laughs> it it's still um it's a little surprising still sometimes, you know, to to hear it, and it's like, "Damn, yeah," because it's real. Like people really do care sometimes. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I had a I had a call today with a guy from uh, called me up. Just he's like, oh man, I called the office. He's like, man, I really hate to bother you. And he asked this question. He's like, bro, I gotta tell you, he's like, you and Blake are, are doing great stuff, and I just can't thank you so much. Or, you know, all this stuff. And I just like I I at, at it that happens more now than it ever has. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Like we're just good old boys that are just trying to do the right thing and help. And and it's and it's well received. And I won't beat a dead horse. We just appreciate the fuck out of everyone. Yeah. For sure. And the other right, thing guys. with Snapscon here too. Hold on. Because oh, we're 53 minutes in here. It's only the the true people, the real listeners left. It's going to be like a swag <laughs> extravaganza. Yeah, we are, unloading. we are unloading everything. <laughs> Tons of good everything, shit. So. Everything, everything, everything. We're going to unload Bring an extra everything bag. we got. Yeah, if you see us, get something from us for sure. Guys, don't forget to share the show. Don't forget to leave us a review on Spotify. Um, don't forget to check out the website. If you want to know where to hear the show or you want to send somebody to listen to the show and they're like, well, where do I listen? Just go to rapiq.com, click on the podcast link and, and scroll down and there's a bunch of links to uh, to everything um, for you guys to listen. So don't forget about that. We got we got phase two of the website getting launched here very, very soon. We'll have a swag page and a large group coaching model and everything that's launched. It's going to be a really, really big deal. I'm very excited about it. So keep it real. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I, I keep forget. I forgot how to fucking end the show again. That's okay. Just make a new one. Maybe it's time to switch it up. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Much love. Get after it today. We'll talk to you soon. There it is. Boom. Much love. <laughs> Get after it today. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. I had to dig deep to that, all the beer sets and bong resins in my brain to figure that one out. You got there, though. <laughs> all right, guys. Peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Guys, thanks again for listening to the episode. We really appreciate you guys so much. I want to give a final shout out to our sponsors. Avery Dennison, always a great sponsor, very loyal to the show, and Rap Glove, and specifically the Rap Glove Ghost. We do this podcast not for you guys, but with you guys. So we want you to participate. If you have any questions, any feedback or topics, give us a call on the voicemail line. It's 314-596-2676. Finally, guys, if you get value from these episodes, please, 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 please follow the podcast on Instagram. It's at the Rap IQ Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on iTunes. Most importantly, share the podcast on your social media. You guys share it on your social media. We'll in turn share it on our social media, get you guys some publicity as well. You scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. Again, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon.